0: A reading from 1st Timothy. First of all, I urge that supplications, prayers, intercessions, and thanksgivings be made for everyone, for kings and all who are in high positions so that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and dignity. This is right and is acceptable in the sight of God our Savior, who desires everyone to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. For there is one God, there is also one mediator between God and humankind, Christ Jesus, himself human, who gave himself a ransom for all. This was attested at the right time. For this I was appointed a herald and an apostle. I am telling the truth. I am not lying, a teacher of the Gentiles in faith and truth. The word of the Lord. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Margaret just read from Paul's uh, le- first letter to Timothy. And in uh, that letter, we just heard that Jesus, quote, gave himself as a ransom for all. As a ransom for all. So I want to ask some questions. What is a ransom? Uh, why is Jesus a ransom? Uh, for whom is he a ransom? And what are whoever's being ransomed? What are from what uh, are they being ransomed? Um, just first, what is a ransom? You, you know what a ransom is when it's an economic term. Uh, it's the price paid for the release of a hostage. Somebody's held hostage, and there's a there's a ransom note. There's a ransom fee to release the person who's being held hostage. You might have heard the term a king's ransom. A king's ransom, meaning an exorbitant amount of money, a a big sum. And it comes from um, the 1100s when King Richard the Lionhearted in England was captured in Austria. And the the ransom was 150,000 marks, which is equivalent to today's sums of just millions and millions and millions of dollars. Way, way, so much money. But Richard the Lionhearted... He was so loved by his people uh, that everybody contributed to raise the money for his ransom. Uh, people were taxed and they sort of gave willingly. Churches sold their valuables, monasteries sold off stuff. So uh, within two years, he was ransomed. Uh, he was set free with a king's ransom. And we're going to hold, hold that thought about the king's ransom. We're going to come back to that later later. Uh, But before um, um, telling us that Jesus is a ransom, Paul says first look, there's only one God, there's only one humankind, and there's only one mediator between God and humankind. One God, one humankind, one mediator. A friend told me uh, an arresting story recently, which is graphic in its detail, which you'll hear in a second, uh, but I thought uh, deep in its insight. And I think that the story uh, underscores the truth that there's just one humankind. Uh, There's just, we're all the same. Um, So here's the story. She and her family were scattering the ashes of her mother, who had just died. And like many family situations, she had a terrible relationship with her mother. Her mother was mean, her mother was hurtful, her mother was judgmental. And, um, you know, she tried to make peace with her mother over and over again, and yet it failed. So packed into that urn in those ashes were, were, was a, a lifetime of hurt. So the family gathered in a circle to scatter the ashes, and the urn was just being passed from person to person. When it got to be her turn, uh, she took the urn, and she scattered the ashes. And at that moment, the wind changed direction, and the ashes all came back on her, uh, on her clothes and on her skin. So, really freaky moment. And she said right in that moment, when that was happening, she had three thoughts that came to her in like rapid fire succession, one right after the other. The first thought is, You can't hurt me anymore. You're gone. You can't hurt me anymore. And that's true. Um, the, her mother was no longer physically present to continue to inflict pain. But the second thought that came right on the heels of the first was, That's not true. That's not true. Uh, because past wounds will continue to hurt and I will continue to suffer from what I've experienced at your hand. That is true. You know, Faulkner famously said the past isn't dead. It's not even past. That, um, that, that the, the emotional wounds from, a, from words spoken or not spoken continue to have an effect on us that's harmful. Those two thoughts, and then right again, like in a millisecond, the third thought, uh, came And she said it came from outside of herself, uh, like a voice speaking from outside of herself. And w- the thought was this, it was a, it was a scripture also from St. Paul who said this, For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And in that moment when she, she, that thought came to her, she said she had a kind of electrifying clarity that for the moment... Um, you know, she, she, her, her pain and her turmoil tor- vanished and she felt peace because she felt like, I'm a sinner too. I've got my issues. I've got my complications. Who am I to judge? And that thought gave her peace. There is a, a prayer in our Book of Common Prayer that says that God has made of, quote, one blood all the peoples of the earth. One blood. But because we have sinned, we just see the fractured nature of the world. We, we're all one blood, but we, we tend toward tribalism. Um, and I'm going to give you a really stupid uh, example, and it's going to be up to you to make something good out of it, because it's kind of stupid. So th- this tribalism uh, uh, was true in my extraordinarily homogeneous high school, uh, late 70s, early 80's, I graduated in 1982. So, although in my high school, we came from like a five-mile radius in West End, Richmond, and sort of sadly, um, we we were 99.9% of the same ethnicity back then. Of course, you know how it is in high school, you quickly divide into categories. And the categories that were around back then were the jocks, the freaks, and the band people. The jocks, the freaks, and the band people. Sometimes there would be a little bleeding over from the band people to the freaks, but never the jocks. So I told this story and then I was a little offended because some people would ask me what I was and thought I was the band person. No, I was the jock, I mean, come on. So, still doing it. But so, I mean, it's ridiculous how we, we divide ourselves and that's stupid, but you see it happening right now. We're one blood. I'm going to give you a more positive example of how we're one and connected despite our, um, our, our propensity to judge others. So we have been uh, praying at Christ Church for a couple, Mike and Emily Callahan, and their son Jack. Their son Jack is three. And he's a sweet kid, and he's got a rare form of childhood cancer. And right now, Jack is with his parents for several, several months up in Philadelphia at the Children's Hospital in Philadelphia. And they told me a story uh, that um, they allowed me to share with you guys. They were in a park in downtown Philadelphia feeling just you know one of those moments where you just feel vulnerable and anxious and, and worried. And because of The chemo, obviously, Jack has no hair, no eyebrows, no hair, and you notice a three-year-old who's got no hair, and you assume that he's got cancer, but people, they don't know what to say. They don't know what to say in that situation, so very well-dressed, well-heeled people would just walk by and kind of avert their eyes from Jack and Emily and Mike on the park bench, and um, not knowing what to say, and Mike and Emily get that, and they know it's hard, but they sort of felt invisible. Then they noticed a guy come up to the park bench that walked up to him, and it was a homeless guy, just guy, guy 'cause reeking and um, and and disheveled and dirty and they they were thinking, Great, we're gonna have to let's avoid him because we have enough problems and we don't have any change that we need to give him. So we all think those things. But the man walked up and asked Mike and Emily, can I just ask you a question? And they overcame their urge to, you know, to avoid him, assuming he wanted money, and said, okay. Then the man looked at Jack, the little boy, and, and said, does he have cancer? When they said yes, the man started crying. He, he teared up, um, and he was filled with compassion. And he said, gosh, that's just so unfair. He doesn't deserve that. I'm so, so sorry for him. And this moved, you know, his Mike and Emily's hearts profoundly. And then the man said, would it be okay if I prayed for Jack? And he prayed for Jack. And then without asking anything at all, he just um, walked off. Positive reminder again that our divisions and judgments are often mistaken. In the U2 song One uh, came out in the 90s, Bono sings, one love, one blood, one life, you got to do what you should. Well, you know, let's get back to the problem. The problem is that you don't do what you should. I don't do what we should. I should. Not all the time. Um, That's just true across the board. For jocks and freaks and band people and well-heeled people and homeless people and Um, sick people and healthy people and mothers and daughters. uh, We're all in it together. The only kind of humankind is the kind that don't do what we should. All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. So that answers the second question. What is a ransom? I just told you. Who needs a ransom? The world. You, me, everybody. We are under the power of sin, the Bible says, and death. The dual powers of sin and death. And we need to be ransomed from that. All of us. There is no distinction. And who are we to judge? You know the answer. We're not. But that doesn't mean that there isn't a judge. God is the judge. And you can think about it this way. We have all failed the test of righteousness. There is no A, B, C, D. Uh, There's only pass-fail. There's no curve. And no matter who you are, what you've done or not done, we've all failed the pass-fail test of righteousness. It's important to get your mind around this. Fleming Rutledge, our, our friend and theologian, urges us not to whitewash the problem of ourselves. The human predicament is so dire, she says, it cannot be remedied in any ordinary way. If we fail to see this, then we have not yet considered the weight of sin. It cannot be remedied in any ordinary way. And that answers the third question. Why is Jesus the ransom? Why is the ransom? He the ransom. Well, we're not left alone to be crushed under that weight. Paul says that God desires everyone to be saved. Is what the Scripture said. One God, one mediator between God and humankind, Christ Jesus himself, human, who gave himself for a ransom for all. Now, go back to the king's ransom uh, we started with. Jesus' ransom was different very different than the king's ransom. Because instead of the many paying the price for the one king, it's the one king who paid the price for the many. We, again, were held and are held under the dual powers of sin and death. And yet, because of Jesus Christ's ransom for you, the Scripture says that you were bought with a price. And that price was paid to set you free. The price was the blood of Jesus Christ on the cross. For his death, for you, and for the world, that is the true king's ransom. Amen.